please don't tell Stu and break his heart. I just, I, I love Noobs and Tadies. That's, <laughs> that is the best thing ever for me. I don't know what it is. I just imagine it's something like. <laughs> Kinda. Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And you know what I got wrong? Is today. <laughs> okay, thank you for asking. What'd you get wrong? Okay. <laughs> What'd you get wrong? I need to know. Yesterday, I was going over my rounds for today, and uh, I was getting ready to ask a round about wine. Ooh. And then Ryan and I went on a wine tasting today where they talked all about the grapes, which was going to be all about my round. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to throw it out because it's completely unfair now because it was completely unfair now so things oh that i gosh. got wrong not planning ahead so that's really funny yeah we went on it was outdoors it was socially distant there was no one near us the people had full vaccinations and everything that was the first time it ever clicked with me that was like I don't even remember the name of the grape. It was something I had never heard before, but it was like, this is a this grape. The wine is this. It was like, oh, this is the first time I ever realized, like, the grapes are the name of the wine. Like, there is a Riesling grape and a Pinot Noir grape and a Zinfandel grape, I think. That's yes. what I took away, at least. And I didn't, I don't know if that I ever fully connected the dots on that. I it just know me- there are purple grapes and green grapes. And... <laughs> Some of them make Welch's grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay because that I I didn't understand that until like two years ago. But I also don't really drink any wine at all. But I was talking about it with somebody who does, and then that's they brought it up, and I was like, oh, well, I feel like an idiot now. Yeah, I really wanted to try the wine like with a grape of that type. Oh, although it makes sense, and Rachel brought it up that like those grapes probably don't taste very good to eat. I'm assuming. Yeah. They're not table grapes. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. I, I don't know. Maybe, I'm pretty, I'm pretty I don't sure know. I hesitated because I'm like, somebody's going to hop in who's a sommelier <laughs> and they're going to 100% correct me. So I'm pretty sure. Was sommelier one of your questions? <laughs> no, for your it was round? all about the grapes. <laughs> it was going to be what kind of grapes go into a Riesling? Ooh. A Riesling grape? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to give you guys my actual questions because I want to be able to use them at some point. But are you hoping Ryan forgets his knowledge? In like yes, it's very possible. Yes, I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Question writing's hard. It is There's hard. A lot of times where I have an idea for a round or a question, and I'm just like, there is no consensus answer on these things or like there's lots of variability so it's hard to create a question that like has an exact answer on something yes i spent oh god i was completely like i don't know i guess like out of inspiration for this last round the first one i got fine Mm -hmm. but this last one and so a couple of days ago i'm like trying to find anything in my head that i could do a round on interesting topic right i'm like i don't want to do another mashup like i've done a lot of those and stuff mm-hmm. and i ended up just going to wikipedia and just hitting random until i found something <laughs> interesting and then eventually that did lead me to the round 
So Stu's round is going to be on like 12th century German chancellors. No, no, it's nothing crazy. <laughs> it's just like I had to find something that was realistic and funny enough to provide enough inspiration. And so it worked. It worked pretty well. Nice. I like it. Yeah, mine has uh, some new, some old, uh, nothing blue, uh, nothing. <laughs> something borrowed. Bold, borrowed. Nothing bold in the beautiful. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> we'll get straight to it. This is the 67th ever episode. 76. What? What? <laughs> I was hoping you guys would notice. Keep you on your toes. 67. There it is. We're two thirds of the way to the century mark. Oh my gosh. And uh, we have six rounds of questions for all of us to answer round robin style and vibe for all the sommelier points in the world. <laughs> And uh, if you're ready, Stu, we'll start with you. Thank you. I could not come up with a creative name for this round uh, <laughs> other than just like colorful elements. 12th century German chancellors. 12th century colors. German. Yes, it's about colors. Uh, yes. So my round is about elements with interesting colors or different attributes uh, with colors and things. So uh, pretty simple. I'm going to need the name of the elephant or the elephant. <laughs> the elephant, Dumbo. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need the name of the element or um, like a, a, an attribute of it or something like that, which I'll specify in the question. Cool. Question number one. Mars and your blood have more in common than you'd think. They both get their rusty red color from what element? Rachel. Rachel. Iron. Uh, can you be a little bit more specific? F E on the periodic. <laughs> no, 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 not. Uh, it's this iron would be, oxide. Yes, iron oxide. Uh, well done. Nice. Yes, the rust uh, is the biggest clue there. But nice. Two points to Rachel. Mm. Question number two What element contains all of the primary colors in different stages? It burns blue, is red as a liquid, and is yellow when it's solid. Ooh. Rachel. Rachel. Sulfur. Correct. Oh wow! Wow. All, all of all, well, no, all of those. I can't remember. Are they the alk? They're the alkalines. They burn really cool colors. They're really yeah. dangerous and can't go near water because they ignite if they touch water. <laughs> but <laughs> they're really cool. But they're really cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Two points to Rachel. Coming in strong. Whew. Question number three: What element will tarnish to black, yellow, or brown? and oftentimes had to be polished to maintain the look. Uh, it tarnishes faster in high-humidity environments. Rachel. Rachel. Silver. Correct. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You're really nice. good at this. Yeah, nice to work. Uh, apparently, I, I always knew that silver tarnished to black, but like, depending on the other elements that it's mixed with, it could potentially tarnish to yellow or brown as well. But black mm. is, I think, what's like the purest version of that yeah i thought it was nice. kind of interesting another two points to rachel there question number four and this would be looking for an attribute and not an actual element mood rings contain liquid crystal which will change colors with different temperatures what is this attribute called Ooh. ryan ryan transconfiguration it is not transconfiguration <laughs> It's not prestidigitation either. <laughs> Mood rings contain liquid crystal, which will change colors with different temperatures. What is this attribute called? 
I am totally going to have a mood ring for my pressed digitation next time I'm playing. Yes, please do. <laughs> please. I have no idea. No idea. It is thermochromatic. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. That's what I was name. like. Right. I wasn't sure. But yeah, apparently, yeah, I didn't know that liquid crystal was like actually what caused mood rings to change color. Just wanted to learn some cool stuff about colorful rocks. Very cool. Nice. That's actually the end of my round. Four, four questions is pretty short nowadays. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nice. Uh, six points to Rachel, the, uh, the element in the room. <laughs> I am the creepy element. I'm not the fifth element. I'm the creepy one. <laughs> element That's, of chaos. That was the worst Bruce Willis movie of those. <laughs> And uh, Stu and myself just holding down the fort. And uh, it is Rachel's turn. Okay, guys. So I gave up on my wine round, but I still wanted to talk about drinking. So (laughs) I'm going to give you the ingredients of a classic cocktail. You need to tell me what the cocktail is. All right. That's pretty much it. I won't give you amounts because I'm sure they change a little bit based on who you ask. And who's pouring. Yeah, and who's <laughs> pouring and how strong you want it to be. Or if you're like me, how little you want it to taste like alcohol. Yes. Okay, question number one. One bar spoon of superfine sugar, white rum, lime juice, simple syrup, and lime. Uh, right. Go ahead, Ryan. Rum is margarita? It is not, no. Stu, uh, do you have a guess? Can you repeat the ingredients again? Sorry. Super fine sugar, white rum, lime juice, simple syrup, and lime. Give you guys guess. a clue that it's usually characterized by starting it with a different fruit in front of it. Although this is just the standard without that. Stew? Uh, is, stew. Is this a daiquiri? It is a daiquiri. Whoa. I was thinking a Moscow mule. And then you Moscow said mule requires the, um, the yeah, ginger. Yeah, that's the, the ginger beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know my mixed drinks that well, so this is going to go well. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big drinker either, but I will do my best. Oh boy, this is going to go really well. I thought you guys would be doing this. Okay, well, we're going to do our best. Wait, oh no, a margarita has tequila in it. Yes, yes, that's the, yeah, right, that's the distinguishing one there. Okay, question number two. Sugar, rye whiskey, absinthe, bitters, and lemon twists. Absinthe. Um, I know the absinthe is throwing me off. I think. Stew? Go ahead, Stew. Is this a grasshopper? It is not a grasshopper, but I like where your mind is. I know you can't answer, but do these get super esoteric? (laughs) No. No, these are. I looked up classic. These are classics. That's why I went with standard daiquiri instead of strawberry or. All right, right. I went very, these are very classic. Uh, Manhattan? Not a Manhattan. This is a Sazerac. Sazerac. I think a Manhattan has an orange to start. Yes. 
I've never actually heard of a Sazerac. I've heard of them largely in reference to like 1920s literature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I mean, I guess makes sense. Yeah. When absinthe was available. (laughs) (laughs) Question number three. For this drink, you're going to want sugar, fresh lemon juice, brandy, and triple sec. You might um, also get this drink alongside your motorcycle. Wait. Oh, Stu? Go ahead, Stu. Is this a saddlebag? No, it's not. But you are really, you're really in the right frame. I don't know if that's a drink even. Oh, (laughs) God. Okay, yep. You can go again if you want. Oh, I don't know if it's right or not. It's just another thing that I could think of. Is this a sidecar? It's a sidecar. I'll oh. give it to you for one. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> That's Thank why you. I added the little comment about yeah. the motorcycle. Yeah. I would not I would have had no idea otherwise. Last but not le- least, you guys can do this. I believe in you. <laughs> for this drink, you're going to want gin, vermouth, campari, and orange. But it's not an old-fashioned before you go there. What's Campari? Gin. It's an Italian liquor that you either love or you hate straight. Okay. <laughs> there, I know there's a couple that I think are gin-based. They're weirder. And I don't, like, if it's super common, then I don't know if it's... But it is. they are, like, classic. These are all classic. I didn't go off and say that this... Little tiny place in Logan Square is famous no. for being the only place that serves this. <laughs> I didn't do that. No, these are classics. It, um, I feel like I should probably find a more general one before jumping to weird ones, but I'll go. Uh, I don't know the exact pronunciation. Is it like a nigiri or like a nigoli or something like that? You know what? I am so proud of you for trying. I'm going to give you two points. This is a Negroni. Negroni. Nice. Yeah. Well done. I'm very <laughs> proud of you for that one, Ryan. So two yeah. points for that. <laughs> Never had one. And that one. is my round. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, those are, those are hard drinks to just know off the top of your head. So Yeah. All right. That's still uh, fun, though. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. All right, Rachel still with six, Stu with three, myself with two. This is my round. And get ready, put your helmets on, put your elbow pads, your knee pads, your wrist guards on, because we're doing extreme sports. Oh, man. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I have four questions about extreme and or dangerous sports slash hobbies slash things slash all of it. Perfect. So... Uh, Kind of a big hodgepodge of different stuff here, but pretty excited for it. So question number one, uh, call in when you know it. What event is known famously as the most dangerous eight seconds in sport? What event is known famously as the, quote, most dangerous eight seconds in sport? Rachel? Rachel. Is this like bobslide? Mm-mm. Not bobsled. What event? Uh, yeah, I'll say, yeah, event. Sport may not fully qualify it, but I mean, I guess depending on who you ask, it would be a league or an event or something. Is Got a it. thing. Yeah, yeah. 
most dangerous eight seconds in sport. Sure. Stu. Stu. Skydiving? Not skydiving. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it takes a little longer than eight seconds to get to the ground. <laughs> that is a dangerous eight seconds, though. It is. <laughs> Especially the first eight seconds. <laughs> Especially the last eight seconds. Especially the last, careful. yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other guesses? Um, I got nothing. This would be uh, eight seconds before you, uh, I don't know, win or pass or go to the next round. Uh, on top of a bucking bull, this would be bull riding. Wow. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. Oh, did not eight, go there. Eight seconds. Yeah. But my mind does not generally automatically think of bull riding in any circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably better off for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to, I grew up down the street from the, Rodeo Hall of Fame. Fun fact. You grew up down the street from the McAfee guy. You grew up down the street from the Rodeo Hall of Fame. Colorado's a weird place. Like, <laughs> it's a really weird place. That's all I gotta say. I'll probably get from it from other Colorado people. That's true. all I have to say on it. <laughs> all right. Question number two. Uh, what sport slash fun hobby has a person inside an air cushion plastic ball like a human hamster rolling downhill? I don't know the name of it. No. Um, is MXC an acceptable answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I appreciate it as we put a bunch of Foley audio into it and make crazy sounds. Oh my God. I would love it so much. <laughs> What sport fun ho- or slash ho- fun hobby has a person inside an air cushioned plastic ball like a human hamster rolling downhill? Can I describe it? I thought you were going to say, don't... can I scream it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I like, kind of did just I... describe it, but you can well, go as well. <laughs> yeah, no, what I mean, like, uh, is this like human bowling? No. Okay. There's like a brand name to the device itself. Oh, I'm not going to get it then. I don't know what it is. I just imagine it's something like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, this is a giant ball that you fully sit in. Uh, this is a Zorb. Oh, man. Well, Zorbs, of, of course. A magical Zorbs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Zorb, which I tried to look up. I was going to do a bonus point if there's a portmanteau of it because I thought it was like yes. New Zealand orb or something like that because I think right. it came in around that area. Uh, I couldn't find anything to corroborate that though. Oh, so no points there. Uh, question number three At the 1999 X Games, Tony Hawk made skateboarding history by landing what trick for the first time in competition? After 11 previous attempts on the night and being technically past regulation time in skateboarding best trick. I don't know anything about skateboarding. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Trying Tony to go back Hawk's to pros. iconic yeah. trick that defines skateboarding. I have a guess, but it's only because I knew it made... I, I'm pretty sure if, if I say it, if I get it correct, I'm pretty sure it made waves in the snowboarding world when this one was done. Probably. Is it a... It's like a, a 1540 or 1570? 
No. Not a f- uh, That's what I was going to... Maybe a 1540 for snowboarding. Because um, with snowboarding, you can get a lot more speed going, and it's yeah. kept, and, and, you're, and you're strapped to the thing. And so. the board is already on your feet. Right. Yeah. So it's snowboarders, stu- skiers, inline skate can definitely go a lot higher rotation. Right. Is this a 720? It's not a 720. Um, yeah, defined... <laughs> Skateboarding right before Tony Hawk, the video game, Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out, which certainly defined a lot of uh, my childhood. <laughs> yeah. um, you're both close. You're on the right track. You have the, uh, the rotation part of it. And in fact, uh, if I read correctly, Tony Hawk was the first person to perform a 720, but that was in like the mid 80s. Oh. Um, this would be the 900. Nice. The iconic. 900, uh, two and a half rotations on the board, which now has been done a couple times in a normal ramp, as well as multiple times more in like the huge, like the mega air ones. Yeah. Um, but then to that point, because the board is not attached to you, snowboarders and in, I think inline skaters were doing like, yeah, like 12 somethings and 15 somethings. <laughs> wow. So. I was trying to do the math there, and <laughs> it was not, it was, it's taking me a moment. <laughs> yeah. I got to 1080, and then I was like, that's like a, a, a monitor resolution. I'm like, that's not. <laughs> and then, I did like, my the brain same went, thing. Yeah, Tony Hawk just went down 4K the whole thing. Yeah, years like, later. <laughs> followed recently by the HDMI. And... Yeah. <laughs> All right. No points there. Question number four. Um, this will be a lightning round guess one. Uh, I forgot to ask you guys for paper, but uh, log in a number. That's fine. Uh, during the famous Red Bull Stratos jump, and according to the Guinness World Records, in miles per hour, what top speed did Felix Bumgardner reach, not only breaking the free fall speed record, but also the sound barrier? So the iconic My, Red hour? Bull jump from space. The Stratos jump, uh, free falling, according to the Guinness World Records, uh, which he holds the record. What top speed did Felix Baumgartner reach? Not only breaking the f- free fall speed record, but also the sound barrier in miles per hour. Uh, Stu, <laughs> <laughs> I please don't judge me, uh, listeners. It's three hundred and twenty miles per hour. Okay, Rachel. I said 560, but that's just because I felt very comfortable with my last answer. <laughs> so I, I felt it would be good to go along with that one. And I have zero <laughs> other packing. <laughs> All right. Well, neither of you are good at your rotations because it would be a 360 and a 540. But <laughs> beyond that point, um, <laughs> Rachel is closest. Technically, it is 843.6 miles wow. per hour in wow. free fall. Wow. Wow. Which I need to go back and learn what the, the sound barrier is. Real, real yeah. fast. Wow. All right. That is extreme sports. You can take your wrist pads, your wrist guards off now. Oh, good. Those are bulky. <laughs> I don't know. No one likes to wear them, but safety first, please. <laughs> uh, all right. That is halftime. Uh, Rachel with eight points. Stu with three. Myself with two. One foot out of the fort. Uh, Stu, it is your turn again. Thank you. Alrighty, so this round is called, um, I called it funny food names when really it's more of uh, 
food name slang. So I'm going to give you the name of a food item from another country. Uh, and you need to tell me what the American name for that item is. So like think mash from bangers and mash, right? Mashed potatoes. Uh. So it's basically slang for something that, you know, is, is commonplace. Uh, and yeah. And so it's just another term for it in a different culture. Cool. Alrighty. Neeps and taties is a pretty common dish in Scotland. This this is what I stumbled on. I lo- I neeps and taties was the funniest shit neeps ever to me. Taties. Neeps and taties, uh, oftentimes accompanied with haggis. The neeps and taties are prepared very similarly by boiling them and then mashing them until smooth with butter and salt added. What and are sticking neeps? Sticking them in a stew. Rachel. Sticking them in a stew. What are neeps? Rachel. Peas. They are not peas. Oh. Neeps and taties. I have another guess. Dude, I was dying. Like I, it might have been because it was close to one in the morning. But oh my god, Neeps and Tades is amazing. I have a good idea on one of them. Okay, yeah, right. (laughs) Use this as your basis. Do you have a guess before Rachel takes her second? Um, Neeps. Spelled. Um, I guess I could spell it too. N e e p s. Yeah, that's what I had in my head. <laughs> yeah, I figured, but I just wanted to Neeps. just wanted to clarify. Neeps and Tadies, um, accompanied with haggis. With haggis. So, I I don't know. I was gonna with haggis. It doesn't make sense. I was gonna say like sausage or something like that. Got it. It is not sausage. No. Rachel, do you have another guess? I was gonna say um, beans. Uh, it is not beans. Oh, no, that's a good one. you're you're on the like. You're kind of getting there. Neeps. I've had Scottish breakfast before and haggis and all of that. You've had haggis? Was it I good? I've had haggis. I, I mean, it was fine. There's nothing to write home about, but it wasn't bad. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, is it like onions? Like onions and not, potatoes? It is not onions. It is turnips. Turnip. Neeps. Turnips. Turnips. Yep. And tatties. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I. I love Neeps and Tadies. That's that is the best thing ever. <laughs> That's my me. favorite buddy cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No points on that one, but uh, we did get to have some fun. <laughs> Question number two. Hundreds and thousands are bright, colorful, and tiny. Kids love them. Stu loves them, and they're key for making sweets awesome. What are hundreds and thousands? Rachel. Ryan. Oh man, I heard them both. All right. Yeah, we'll just do both. Both of you guys answer. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. I'm writing it it down. It is sprinkles. 100% (laughs) sprinkles. The ultimate stew callback. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Two points to each of you. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's a British term too, by the way, or like a term in the UK for hundreds and thousands. Well done. Please verify that, our our UK listeners. I know. Yes, please. I know you're uh, you're there. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're there. We're calling you out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, to any of our... Listeners, if this is wildly inaccurate from, you know, if you're listening from any of these places and it's wildly inaccurate, please let us know. <laughs> please don't tell Stu and break his heart. Oh, it's fine. I need to learn. <laughs> All right, question number three. A dog's eye is an extremely popular Australian dish, often eaten with sauce or otherwise known as ketchup. This dish is a savory pastry made small enough to hold in one hand, and it gets its name simply by rhyming with the English term for this. What is a dog's eye? Ryan. Ryan. A meat pie? A meat pie. That's right. (laughs) Apparently, they're huge. Australia is the biggest meat pie consumer uh, in the entire world. Whoa. Which I did not know of. 
Kind of like America has hamburgers, Australians have meat pies. Nice. Well done. Two points. Number four, and the last one of the round. Switcha is a Bahaman name for their take on a drink very popular in the South. The only real difference is the use of key limes instead of this. Ryan. What is a switcha? Oh, Ryan. Ryan. Iced tea? It is not iced tea, no. It's popular everywhere, but it's distinctly, it's, you know, they, okay. they got it from the South, essentially. Rachel? Again. Rachel. Is it lemon tea? Uh, no, it's not lemon tea. Is it? I mean, I think it's, I, it's a take on lemonade. So is it limeade? It's, yeah, it's, it, it's lemonade. Uh, but yeah, they make limeade with it, basically. But it's, they still refer to it as like lemonade. Gotcha. Uh, using key limes. Yeah, a switcha, which I had I never even heard of. No. That's Apparently, cool. it's very tart and uh, delicious. Nice. Nice. One point to Ryan. That's it. That's all I got for uh, <laughs> funny, funny food names or funny food slang names. But I Neeps like and Tades takes the cake. <laughs> <laughs> takes the cake. Yeah. Rachel with 10. Uh, myself with seven coming back big. And <laughs> Stu with three. Just yeah, holding yeah. down the Neeps and Tades. <laughs> uh, Rachel. Okay. So, it's uh, Mother's Day season, so I'm going to talk about famous TV mothers. I'm going to give you the actress and the show, and I need you to tell me who the mother is. Like the character's name? Yep. Okay. These are all big shows. So, question number one. Felicia Rashad plays this character, the wife of the main character, in the show, The Cosby Show. I watched a lot of Cosby Show as a kid. I was, I was dumb and refused to watch anything that was not cartoons or animated. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Theo. <laughs> I don't think I have a name. Here I was thinking that I'm doing a media-based round. <laughs> and it was going to be better. <laughs> the rest of this is probably good. Do you guys have any guesses? I got nothing. No. This is Claire Huxtable. Claire. Oh, okay. Okay, question number two. Estelle Getty played this character on The Golden Girls for 10 years and 258 episodes. Oh, if you haven't seen The Golden Girls, then... Then we just gotta stop talking. Oh man, <laughs> it's been nice knowing you. Uh, it was oh, a fun no. time, <laughs> Rachel. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, since neither of you have seen the show, I've seen like a handful of episodes, but never actually watched it. Yeah, I'm going to g put a wild guess out there that you don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. This is uh, Sophia Petrillo. Okay. The character name sounds familiar. Okay. Carolyn Jones was the first person to portray this character in the 1964 series of The Addams Family. Ryan. Oh. Go ahead, Ryan. Morticia. Uh, I will give you that even though you said it wrong. Morticia. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mor Two points to Ryan there. Okay. Did, Last, sorry. but go ahead. 
sorry. Fun fact about uh, Morticia Adams in the Adams Family movies. You know how like how she's always got like essentially like the interesting makeup, and they always like she always has that face on, mm-hmm. right? Like they always like illuminate. They literally just had like a very small spotlight shining on her face all the time in oh that movie. God, so she's funny. always kind of like squinting, and she was like, "I was so tired after filming everything <laughs> because of just a light directly at you the entire right. movie." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Okay. Question number four. Deborah Jo Rupp portrays this famous mother on that uh, on that seventies show. Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Uh, Kitty Foreman. That is correct. Two points to Stu there. Sweet Kitty Foreman. I uh, I didn't watch much seventies show either. I did like that one actually. My siblings watched it a lot, so I just kind of sit there when they were watching. Yeah, it and enjoyed it. Nice. Also, I'll never forget that laugh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Last round. uh, Scores are Rachel with 10, myself with 9, Stu with 5. I'm going back to a classic. This is uh, 90s movies, Keyword Countdown. Ooh. Where uh, I go to imdb.com and grab the keywords from some films, and I... uh, list them in uh, more obscure to uh, most helpful or most common or most voted on. Uh, so I will work through them. We will say, um, we'll say two points if you get through the first six. Try to give a little bit more than before. And then uh, one point, I will say the first seven. And then one point if you get it within the last three or after all 10 are said. Okay. All right. And again, they are all 90s movies. Question number one. Reference to Moses. Warrior. Historically inaccurate. Execution. Epic. Famous. Stu. Sorry. Prince of Egypt? Uh, Not Prince of Egypt. Although I I see where you'd be going with that. (laughs) Epic. uh, Famous speech. Revolt. Rachel? Rachel. Gladiator? Not Gladiator. Secret Marriage. Tyranny. Scotland. Oh, um. Oh, um, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Do you have it? If not, I'll take it, but I'll let you. Because you were. Still. Are you sure you were talking first? It's okay. I can't remember the title, so. Oh. Uh, do. Braveheart? Braveheart. Okay. I, could, I couldn't get to the title, so nice job, Stu. Thanks. <laughs> you couldn't get to the title, but they'll never take our freedom. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I've never actually seen Braveheart. Oh. I need to. There's a lot of movies I need to see. Yeah, I'm there with you. I've seen Braveheart, but certainly a lot of movies. All right, one point to Stu there. Question number two. Kidnapping. Mind games. Female protagonist, animal in title, based on a book, cult film, bad guy wins, stuck in a well, psycho thriller, serial killer. Great. No. Oh, Stu. Animal in t- Go ahead. Stu. 
Uh, now I got it. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, jeez. Animal I, I, and... Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say Animal and Name was what, what finally drew me there. Right. Um, but then it also was in a weird way because it rhymed with Hannibal, and that's actually what reminded me of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rachel, what were you going to say? No, I was like, I was just like struggling, and then I was like, Animal and Name? Animal and Name? Animal and Name? And One of... Rachel's all-time favorites. It is one of my all-time favorites, and I'm mildly disappointed in myself. uh, What's the book? It's Red Dragon. I think that's correct. It's not actually called Silence of the Lambs. Right. I think that's right, but I don't know. Uh, All right, one point to stew there. Question number three. Budding friendship. Main character dies. Beach. Deserted town. Dying words. Military operation, Normandy. Rachel? Rachel. Saving Private Ryan? This is Saving Private Ryan. Nice. Woo! Um, Because the main character is not Private Ryan. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They have to go save him. I know. Spoiler alert. Uh, Yeah, two points there. Uh, That was the seventh one. So in the 1940s, D-Day and Rescue Mission insane yeah all right question number four last question of the game watchtower leprosy dark fantasy environmental issues strong female lead giant animal curse human animal relationship anime stew stew uh, is this, um, oh my God, why can I not? Uh, Rachel, Rachel. Hold on, Stu. I'm going to, I'm dying. Like I can think of every other movie, but that one, um, just, just take it, Rachel. It's fine. I, I can't. Rachel. Uh, Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. I, I knew it began with an M, but like my mind completely drew a blank. Nice. <laughs> The final word being forest. That would be Princess Mononoke. Uh, nice job. That nice is job. the end of the game. The scores are as follows. Uh, Stu with seven, myself with nine, Rachel pulling away with 13 points. Ooh. Is this two in the row? This is like, I don't know what's happening. It is. <laughs> Big deal. Home field advantage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we thwarted that uh, that myth <laughs> before. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps um, the Colorado elitism that I feel on a daily basis, it just grows stronger and gives me strength and gives me knowledge the closer I am to the state. Colorado elitism, <laughs> give me strength. <laughs> All right, nice job. Uh, that is the end of the game. We'll get to some picks for each episode. A couple of us give a game, a movie experience, something cool like that we recommend you check out. And uh, Rachel, today you have a pick. Okay, so my pick is to keep your toesies warm. <laughs> That's it. Like, keep your just, toes warm. As, your toes. Toes. as just an experience? As an experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just do it. You know, you'll find that life's a little better if they're not cold. I, so hang on. Do you guys sleep with socks on or no? No. 
I don't. Uh, I, can't I cannot. Do it. I cannot. Normally, it's I end the up most uncomfortable feeling in the world. Thank you. Okay. Well, then. All right. So, all right. Because <laughs> I've had this debate with some people, but my son throws everything out the window and sleeps with one sock on sometimes, and that is the most. <laughs> chaotic evil thing i've you not ever... learned like the one leg out of the out of the comforter thing <laughs> he just he just does what he wants to do <laughs> <laughs> i do but, what yeah. i want no but in reality um we are sitting out here in western colorado and my parents have an amazing um wood fireplace and when i say wood fire it's a wood stove it's actually not a true fireplace it's a wood stove and good lord, that thing heats the house like nothing in the world, and there's nothing like sticking your toes up near it and <laughs> yes. keeping your feet warm. And so I recommend you find a fireplace somewhere or start a fire where it is safe <laughs> and legal to do so <laughs> to keep your toes warm. I am not advocating arson. <laughs> but do keep your toes warm. Keep your toes warm so long as it doesn't mean arson. <laughs> no exceptions. No exceptions. No arson. Hear warm me? toesies. We might get a lot of things wrong on this show, but we don't do arson. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> that should go on like the permanent show description. <laughs> we don't do arson on this show. Uh, that might be the show title. <laughs> <laughs> uh nice yeah keep your toesies warm can't argue with that hey Stu, it's, you also have a pick i do yeah um so a couple of my friends and i were talking about flash games and videos the other day uh yeah you know back in the early internet days and everything like stuff on newgrounds right like addictinggames.com that sort of thing right and flash is no longer supported by web browsers. There's a couple of workarounds with it. You know, some sites like that host flash game still have found a way to, to run essentially like a container to make it happen, right? But mm -hmm. so our discussion was around, is there a way that you could download a flash game or a flash file, like an SWS file, and play it on your actual machine without having to spin up, you know, something crazy convoluted or anything like that? Because you can't just drag it into Chrome anymore. It's not supported. Yeah. And so on that, on that discussion, uh, we found uh, what is essentially like a Flash debugger, which lets you play games. But past that, I actually found something which is a Flash compiler or decompiler. And so it's somebody made a uh, made the code themselves. It's a GitHub repo, and it is a it is a Flash decompiler. And so when I actually spun up a game inside of it, it decompiled all of the assets. Uh, within the game itself. So, you know, like all the moving sprites, all the pieces of those sprites and how they compile together, the buttons, the scripts, the code behind it, uh, the sound, you know, like every piece of this thing became visible and, you know, you could export those pieces and look at them and work with them if you wanted to. Ooh. But it was fascinating because, you know, you see these things, you play these games and you don't know what goes into it. But oh my God, God, the amount of detail that people yeah. had to put in for every piece, even for like the the poorly animated ones, even for stuff like <laughs> Kitten Cannon, to where it's like this is just crude as possible. There's so much behind it, like hundreds upon hundreds of moving pieces and shapes and everything. And is I just I was I was flabbergasted by it. So my pick is 
that decompiler. It is JPEXS dash decompiler. You can search Google for it or just Google flash decompiler and it's the GitHub repo. There's some instructions on there on how to get it spun up. I have it spun up on a Mac. And you know, if you enjoyed flash games or flash videos back in the day, grab this, spin them up and take a look because it'll make you appreciate just how much effort went into them. That's really cool. And yeah, I mean, like, obviously flash isn't around anymore, but with other projects, that's always the number one thing I can do to, to learn and wrap my head around this stuff is just look at the source code, like look how it works yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's so cool. Just like pull sprites apart and all that kind of stuff. It was fascinating. Like, I mean, it, it really was, you know, you get like some of the effects and things like that, right? Like that are so faint. Every last piece of it is like, you know, detailed and thought out and meant to do what it's meant to do. I was also trying to dig around to see if there's any like, assets that were not utilized in the final build but still included in it and i haven't found anything yet but i thought that that would also be super interesting if there was like a v2 or like a sketch or something in it that uh, hadn't actually been like released because it was not like it would be discovered unless you decompiled the game so yeah i was kind of poking around it was just it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to do that and very interesting very cool we'll post the link to the repo obviously maybe not for everyone but Honestly, like a little bit of terminal and a little bit of stuff like that is easier than it would seem. I mean, it you can get started. And if you want to play around with that, I'm sure there's a good portion of our audience who is familiar with this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But even if you're not super, I mean, the, it does tell you line by line what to do. Um, and terminal is not is is more accessible than you think. They actually, when I was looking at the install instructions, they have, I think you have to use command line for Windows, but for Macs, they actually have an installer that you can just download and run the package in the script and it's good to go. You don't even have to use command line for this. Nice. Cool. So it's even easier to access it. Nice. Or to access it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have a link there. There's the JPEXS-decompiler. very cool. I haven't thought about flash games in like a long time, so that's really cool. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Nice. Well, uh, if you're listening, uh, reach out. Things that get wrong at uh, on Instagram and Twitter and all that. Things that get wrong at gmail.com. Write in. Uh, let us know what uh, you're working on, how you're keeping your toesies warm, all that fun <laughs> stuff. And uh, check out thingsgetwrong.com for all the past episodes, show notes, and more. Uh, next episode will come out around late May, so stick tuned for that. And uh, thanks again here to Stu and Rachel. Thank you, Ryan and Rachel. We're on the back third of 100 going forward. So it will be a grand third. Let's make it good. Grand third. A grand third. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.